Hi, this is Carol Miller from iHeartRadio's Q1043 in New York City. And each week on UK Radio, we bring you a taste of real local British radio with our friends Nigel Pierce and Alan Thompson. Here, Nigel is talking to Jim McCarty, original drummer for some 50 years with the Yardbirds. And there landed a B.A. Viscount straight onto the runway Heathrow from 1968, but that was from the new 2018 remix and remaster of the White Album, which is out on 9th of November. Now, we use that track very appropriately because we've been able to fly in somebody today that, that is extremely special, and you mentioned this gentleman and his career in the same breath as the Fab Four. And I'm talking of the Yardbirds, Illusion, plus a very, very varied career, and I'm very pleased and indeed honoured to talk to Mr. Jim McCarty. Jim, good morning to you. Morning there. I hope you like that introduction. introduction. <laughs> Thanks for the intro. <laughs> well, it's all true. It's all true. Now, what we'd like to do, uh, this is going to be great because I can tell the listeners we've got nearly an hour with Jim and we're going to go through his career, his life, his likes, hopefully, not being too controversial, but you've got a career, Jim, that uh, spans 50 plus years i'm going to be a gentleman and not ask your age because i'm the same age as <laughs> i'm the same age as well you see so i nearly and my yeah, co- well, it's guesswork really isn't it <laughs> it is a bit now before i go any further i'm gonna let alan say a few words because alan's got some some of the very lovely questions and they are lovely questions and um, so alan <laughs> would you like to say a few words yes hi jim well welcome to the program certainly hi. Uh, well the next track we're going to play it actually goes back to the heyday of the yardbirds with uh, for your love back to uh, 1965 now what's interesting about this particular track is that uh, Eric Clapton in the New Musical Express said at the time that the Yardbirds were going uh, too commercial, which seemed uh, rather strange at the the time to be involved in a group that was now number one in the charts and to suddenly quit at that time. Now, I did actually uh, speak to John Mayle because uh, Eric of course, joined uh, John Mayall's Blues Breakers in uh, 1965. And uh, I interviewed John in 2001, and he said that Eric obviously showed a lot of promise, even with him at that uh, particular time. But can we just backtrack there to that time in 1965? Um, did you think, I mean, with For Your Love, for goodness sake, it was number one in the charts. Did you think the Yardbirds had gone too commercial, as it were? Well, the problem with us was that... Um you know, we played quite a blues repertoire, and getting something that was going to going to be on a hit record was very difficult to to achieve in the studios at that time. We 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 couldn't really get the sound on our live stuff. Mm. Um, you know, the the, the, the other blues stuff we we do in our repertoire, and uh, that we tried different songs um, that were much more bluesy, but they they never seemed to work. So. When For Your Love came along, we we all liked it apart from Eric <laughs> uh, because it was a bit different and it was moody and it had something about it and uh, so we decided to go along with it and of course it it was quite uh, quite a big hit. Right, what I'd like to do, Jim, if we could uh, ask you to just. Listen once again to Fill Your Love and we'll come on the back of it and we'll really get into this interview today of which I'm really excited about. So if you can just sit there, listen to once again Fill Your Love from your group, the Yardbirds. We'll continue afterwards. The Yardbirds from 1965, the spring of 1965 and their number one 
of For Your Love. On the line at the moment, we have Jim McCarty from uh, the original Yardbirds and still working today, I'm pleased to say. And we've got some samples of uh, what he's doing uh, at the moment a little later on in the, the programme. And uh, Jim, can I ask you that with some of the Yardbirds' um, earlier recordings, uh, about three years ago, I did two programmes for the BBC with veteran broadcaster Keith Skews uh, called On The Scene, Parts 1 and Parts 2. Now, we featured a couple of uh, Yardbirds' um, songs in those uh, programmes, one of which was uh, I Wish You Would. Now, that, uh, of course, charted, um, according to the NME, at the lower reaches, around about uh, number 30. But the fact is people had woken up to the Yardbirds. Were you actually on the club scene at that particular time? That's how you got the exposure? Yes, yes. We, we, we started um, at a club called the Crawdaddy Club in Richmond, um, down in Surrey, just outside London. And we took over that uh, residency from the Rolling Stones because they used to play every week. And then they got too big and they went out on the nationwide tours and things. And uh, we took over and then we built up from there. And it all really exploded very quickly at that time and mm. um, suddenly got it suddenly got a big following very quickly because I, I noticed you had a talent for uh, you know spotting the uh, you know the hits of the future because you also did as i recall good morning little Schoolgirl," which of course uh, rod stewart um, covered a bit later on but the one that in- yes. one that interested me was uh, uh, a track called a certain girl which was released on the on the scene album and uh, i remember that um well i thought it was quite funny the certain girl i've been in love with but i can't reveal until i get her or something like that and, <laughs> <laughs> and then oh at the end of it yes that was sort of typical 1960s teenage angst i, I think but uh, that was uh, i mean i know that I'd, from my <laughs> my own experiences but anyway uh, we'll draw a veil over that one uh, but uh, where um a certain girl was concerned i was quite impressed by the instrumentation and also the vocal harmonies on it but also about a year later in in 1965, um, it was covered by none other than boxer Billy Walker. Now, um, did, did, were you aware of that, that Billy Walker had a go at it uh, about a year later? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I have a vague memory of that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, pe- people from other walks of show business used to record singles. Um, yeah. Sometimes we hear about them and sometimes not. But I, I, don't, I don't remember that one too well. Well, <laughs> well it, the, the song was... Uh, I was going to say, uh, I, I seem to remember it being played on the pirate stations, but that, that was, I've never heard it since, I have to say. That was about what it was, 1965. But uh, that's when he was trying to be a pop star. But uh, it was also, the song was covered again, <laughs> unsuccessfully. Um, but uh, the, uh, the the other version, as I recall, was in 1985 with Frankie Ford, the uh, New Orleans Dynamo man, because he came to London and recorded an album with uh, Pete Wingfield. And uh, he gave it a fairly good uh, rendition, but if it hadn't been for the Yardbirds to start with uh, actually covering that song in 1964 I doubt it would have seen the light of, uh, of day again was this a sort of talent that the group had all this is a good one we'll go for that as it as it were did you was it like a collective well, uh, yeah, opinion? I, I, I think we were lucky because there weren't many albums around at the time um, that we could that we could draw from it was probably about 10 albums or something uh, blues albums and that one was on a compilation album um, I think it was called We Sing the Blues, and there were a few other things on it. And uh, I think we might have done another one, which I can't remember. But um, that was the uh, Neville Neville Brothers version, I think we did. Neville Brothers, yes, a very good uh, duo there. I I like their version of Dylan's God on Our Side and also The Animals, We've Got to Get Out of This Place. They're both unique and different. But coming back to the Yardbirds, Jim... 
just the track we've just played for your love first of all the use of the harpsichord is very much to the front i'd like to find out whether whose idea that was and also who had the idea of completely changing that middle eight i mean because that is a very 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 good rhythm change um without accentuating an extra beat you went straight into it which was one of the talents yeah. that you, you went into that which is one of the talents that the Beatles had that nobody else could do they could go from 4-4 four, 3-4 four, four, straight in change the rhythm to whatever it was and you didn't need to you didn't need to gather strength you just went straight into it so there's two there's... <laughs> well, we used to like to do that with our song we used to like to try and make them a bit different and changing tempos and things was something we really enjoyed um, the idea for the harpsichord was Paul Samuel Smith, who suggested uh, using a harpsichord and the, and the bowed bass. And funnily enough, the, the bongo player on that track was was an amateur. He was a, uh, a, a BBC presenter called Denny Pearcey. He was just an amateur musician who played the bongos, and he, he did a great job. Well, it's a great record, and I think at the end of the day, it is a you know, despite what Eric Clapton may have said or did say at the time, it's a track that's lasted. As is the next track I'm going to play, it's a it's a personal favourite of mine because uh, it, I think it shows a different direction. I want to jump to 1966, and if you can tell a little bit about it first, I would like I'm going to play the Shape of Things to Come. Right. I love that track. Um, for there's so much in it now can you tell a little bit about it how did you come about to get that because it's it's a very swampy sound it, it moves with great rhythm but at the end of the day it's the words and the connotations you know when I grow you know maybe tomorrow I'll be older maybe tomorrow I'll be a soldier I mean was yes. it, you know well, it's a well, fantastic I think, I think song we, we got that together on one of our early American tours um, and we were in Chicago when we recorded that we did that at Chess Studios sort of the old blues studio um, and the Vietnam War was, was, was happening and there was a lot of anti-war feeling and uh, a lot of anti-war uh, sentiment in that song um, and uh, you know a bit of military drumming is <laughs> yes. I'm concerned in it um, and uh, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good time for us because we were suddenly exploding in America being one of the British invasion bands and we were in Chicago, you know, the home of the blues, which was great for us, very exciting. And uh, we, we, we just put the song together when we were there. Well, let's listen to that song and we'll talk about it a little bit more afterwards because there's so much to talk about today. And for those out there that don't understand what's going on, this is a Teen Dream special with Alan and myself. We're very privileged and pleased to have Jim McCarthy on today from uh, The Yardbirds, Illusion and his later career. And uh, Jim will continue talking for us for the remainder of this hour. So here we go with the shape of things to come. I think that is still a terrific track, and I hope you, Jim, still feel the same, because 1965-66, I actually think you've got shades and little trickles of revolver in there, especially with the ending and, you know, the electronic ending and taking away. Does that track still sound as fresh to you today? Um, yeah, I, I always thought it was the best the best single we did. Um, we, we got it together ourselves, and we wrote the song ourselves. It was all in-house, and uh, Jeff Beck did a great job. It was a great... <clears throat> advert for his playing you know with all the feedback and the, uh, and all the guitar stuff going on in that and yeah I, I'm always very proud of that song 
I think you've got every right to be. I know Alan was shaking his head, and I'm going to ask him one more question, and I'm going to let Alan in before we play the next song because I want to. I want to move forward to come back. There's, there is a twisted logic, Jim. So take a laugh, have a chill pill, and just bear with us. <laughs> um, were you aware of? You know, um, we've, we've talked about the Fab Four. We're here to talk about the Yardbirds, but they were so out in front of everybody else. And obviously, when you made that track, nobody knew what was coming with Revolver. But I think, with, as I said to you, with those electronic bits and pieces, the rhythm changes and, and etc., I think you may have had a little bit of a... Did you have a trickle of what they were doing at all, or were you actually blind? Because the electronic gimmickry in that track, I think, for a single, is superb. Yes, well, we, we all, we, you know, we listened, we listened to what was going on, and, uh, well, we listened to all sorts of music, but we did like the Beatles, they, they always did something new and fresh, and, you know, they had a lot of electronic uh, things coming into their songs, and I, I, I think we probably influenced them as well. Um, yeah, but it was an exciting time, there was a lot of, lot of things going on at that time. Well, it's interesting you say that, actually, uh, Jim, because uh, I can recall, if we just backtrack slightly to the latter end of uh, 1965, I remember that uh, the New Musical Express, which I was taking every week at that uh, at that time, uh, did a review of the uh, the new singles. And uh, I remember when Evil Hearted You came out, uh, they said, fourth all Yardbirds, and, uh, you know, a guaranteed hit, as it were. But what was interesting about that particular record was it was the other side, Still I'm Sad, that was picked up by the pirate radio station, Radio London, who then played that as the uh, the A side. Now, I know it's been said before, well, could a pirate radio station actually influence the A or the B side? I think, yeah, probably it, uh, it possibly could. But when you recorded both those tracks, was that the idea to have a, a, a double A, effectively? Um, I, I don't think so. I think we uh, we did, still I'm sad, uh, just as a B side. Um, we, we wrote it, we got it together, and we wanted to do something different. We thought, Oh, this will be a fine, and it doesn't really matter, you know. <laughs> B-side didn't really matter very much. Nobody really played them and that, uh, until that came along, and then uh, they suddenly played it on the radio. Well, that was uh, it. So, but, but it was nice, and we, 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 it worked out quite well for us. Yeah, because I think people thought it was the bunks, didn't they, or something when uh, when it came out. But uh, well, it was very unusual, you know. Well, yeah. we, we were facing that on a sort of Gregorian chant, and yes. uh, yeah. uh, it was different to everything going on. No, it was highly original. And uh, can I just say, round about that time, but actually perhaps a bit earlier, that uh, Paul Jones, you know, from Man from Man, uh, he saw that y- yourself and the Yardbirds play at, um, I think it probably was the Craw Daddy, uh, in point of fact, and he said that um, it was almost as though um, uh, people hadn't come to hear the music, so, uh, so to speak. They'd come to see the singing-looking look, singing sweet witch. He said, not speaking ill of Keith Ralph whatsoever. He did look very pretty on the stage. Uh, that was Paul Jones's words, by the way, not mine. And uh, he said that um, he thought, well, I'll go and write a song about it. And uh, that's when he, uh, he recorded the one in the middle for the... Um, uh, <laughs> For the EP of the of the same name, he then said that. Well, that's right because yeah, he, he he did it with us first of all. I remember yeah. the session, and, and uh, I, I thought it was quite a, quite a good song. But Keith, of course, was too uh, you know. He was too sensitive about it. Well, well, I think <laughs> he didn't we, want to sing that song. Well, Paul, Paul said Keith was too modest to record it, but I wasn't. So uh, that's how you got <laughs> the matter of matter. Ma- 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 <laughs> oh yeah. So. 
Oh, we're having fun this morning for those out there. Yes, we're talking to Jim McCarty from the Yardbirds Illusion and much more. Now, Jim, I want to come to your new album. Um, I got a copy of it a couple of weeks ago after talking to the lovely Dave, um, and I forwarded the idea that we, we could get together and have a chat with you. I actually think it's a fantastic album. Um, very reflective. Oh, great. Very reflective, very atmospheric, and not an unlike a lot of the stuff in links, not in performance, to some of the illusion stuff that w that was done, and I've got a couple of those tracks. So I want to play, if I can, a good chunk, maybe if not all of it, of the title track, Walking in the Wild Land. Before I do, can you tell us how you come about? I mean, the, the cover is just you with the guitar in front of a ruined chapel or a, or a castle or something. You know, it's a very reflective cover. Um, is it something well, that was it, on your it, mind? It's actually quite near from where I live, and... and uh um, I'm living in a very nice part of the world, and it's uh, down in the south south of France. And uh, I just love going out into nature, and you know, in fact, walking in the wild land. Uh, and I get a lot lot out of that. And uh, um, there's some there's some lovely landscape and lovely forests and uh, mountains and everything around around here. And I think there's a great um, healing quality that comes from nature and spending time in it. Um, and I, you know, I tried to get that in, into the into the album, into the songs. Well, let's listen to a little bit of the title track of "Walking in the Wild Land" from Jim McCarty. Well, there we go. The um, title track from Jim McCarty's new album, "Walking in the Wild Land," and I think you'll. For those listening out there, I'm going to ask Jim the same question. But uh, as he said, it's a very healing and reflective album, and I think it's a wonderful slab of um, country, nature, peace, serenity that's been brought in. Jim, I know you live in a lovely part of the lovely part of the world, but the beauty that's on that track is hard to imagine. Um, you know that you had that idea, or did you have that idea to come with that sound? Uh, well, it just grew. Um, I, I had the idea probably when I w when I was out walking somewhere, <laughs> and then it just grew. And uh, I was lucky to have all the right musicians there, and uh, uh, everything everything was helping it, making it better and better. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with it. So, are the musicians all local to yourself, or are they are they British museums, uh, British museums, British uh, musicians? No, I recorded that in Canada actually. Really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like, I, I like, I, I've, I've done a couple of solo albums in Toronto, and I, mm. I have a little sort of scene in Toronto, which I like, and um, I know quite a few musicians, I have some friends over there, and uh, uh, so I recorded it there, and I, 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 I work with a guy called Terry Brown, who's English, and um, he, he's, uh, he's, he's worked a lot with Rush, so he's produced a lot of the Rush albums in the past, yeah. and uh, he's a great guy, and he... He, he was great to work with. Because mm. I know from the time I was in the States, um, adult contemporary uh, is what well, it still is, uh, very, very popular. I mean, do you find this this is a direction now? Um, I mean, it's a beautiful album, uh, Jim. Is this a direction you now want to take permanently? Uh, well, it, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I still play, I still play, I still love playing the old stuff. Um, I still go out and tour and, and play for the Yardbird tours mm. in in the States mainly. Um, um, but I, I like this sort of music. I, it, it sort of I, it, it comes from a Renaissance stage, mm. you know, when I was in 
Renaissance and Illusion, and um, I, I was much more of a singer-songwriter uh, role, and I, I like that role of um, you know saying what's what's going on, what's going on in the world, and uh, and coming up with something positive and peaceful. That's that, that's what I enjoy. Well, I think you come up with something positive and peaceful with this. Now, I'm going to go back, as I say, I found, not found, I've ex extracted a track from <laughs> your Out of the Mist album. And I think there's a, a track here that, if it isn't the progenitor, it's definitely had something to do with the track we've just played. Because I'd like to sit and listen for a little bit to Illusion and a track, beautiful track, we called Roads to Freedom. <laughs> That was Nigel Pierce speaking with Jim McCarty, the only continuous and remaining member of the original Yardbirds. We'll have more of this conversation for you next time on UK Radio.